Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yo, this is Tyler Bryant from The Shakedown. I've been hanging out with Jay Scott on The Hook Rock. Welcome back. It's Jay Scott. It's the Hook Rocks. It's the Ultimate Rock Community Podcast. Thanks for tuning in once again. Appreciate you stopping by and listening to what uh, I got in store for you on this latest episode. Always make mention that we are part of the Pantheon Podcast Network, a great network of music-related podcasts. Check out all my friends on the podcast, as well as many others. There's something for everyone's interest in music, all different types of genres. But uh, Minneapolis, Carmen of Peace on the Hanging and Banging. Great podcast. Tom and Zeus on the Shout Out Loudcast, the number one rated KISS podcast. Uh, Mistress Carrie, the legendary DJ out in Boston. Martin Popoff, the rock historian. Mac on the Ugly American Werewolf in London podcast. And Aaron and Chris on Decibel Geek. So check out all those and more. Look for Pantheon Podcast on PantheonPodcast.com, as well as on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Pantheon Pods. Don't forget to follow the Hook Rocks wherever you podcast. Whether it's Amazon, Spotify, or Apple, we are available everywhere. And set your app to automatic download so you get the latest episode right to your phone and you get to enjoy all the previous episodes that we've done. We're well beyond 400 now. We've been doing this now for three years, so there's plenty for you to listen to and check out. We've had some great episodes recently on the podcast. We celebrated a three-year anniversary with the lead singer from Rat, Stephen Piercy. We did our four-year, 400th episode with members of the group council, the online chat group that I'm a part of that we we share new music. We just, we've had some great new music spotlights with Clay Dieters from The Issue, The Warning we just had on, Jennifer Benson from Ignescent, as well as many others. We just interviewed Tuck Smith talking his new single and the story he's got to tell 
over the last couple of years. So that's, that's a really great interview. So check that out. Um, we recently had Tyler Bryant back on the episode talking about his new album that's out this Wednesday, or I'm sorry, this Friday, uh, September 9th. So check that out as well as our live album review of Strangers of the Night, the legendary UFO album with the Recividus as he always joins us every quarter to talk great live albums from the past and uh, we've got a another great episode with returning guests that i always enjoy having them on and man i gotta tell you the last two singles that they've released which we're going to talk about the band keeps getting better the band keeps getting tighter the band is urban house and the guests are Lacey and jason what's happening how are you hi jay how are you we're good. <laughs> doing well, man. How are you guys doing? Tell me what's new in Bourbon House land. Lots of new music, as you can see, I think. Um, we're releasing things in a very short period of time. Um, so we have more coming and we have more music videos as well. That's I pretty know much you guys that. really enjoy that visual aspect of the, of the music. Yeah. Um, and the last two singles, you know, of course... Resonate uh, was the first one you released, which was really, uh, it was a little bit of a different direction with from the, the previous album that you did. Talk about how you guys have evolved since that album, because I know the album was made up of some new material, and it was also some material that you guys have been playing out previous to that. Now, these two songs that you just released, Out for Blood and Resonate, are these new? Are these part of those sessions? Where did they come from? Yeah, they're new. Yeah, they're new. They're part of the um, new album that we put together last year. And uh, the album we released last year was actually the album that we wrote and recorded the previous year. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we have a whole album of unreleased material right now. And these singles are from those sessions. Mm-hmm. As I mentioned um the band keeps evolving which is great you know the more you guys are playing i know you guys have done a ton of shows since the album was released probably more than you've ever done before how has that (laughs) helped you creatively with with the band i don't know if it has (laughs) yeah live Um, shows we, we don't really work on new material at the live shows yeah we're just kind of always trying to do something um different you know we kind of want to push our push ourselves a little bit to do something um that we haven't done before even though we're you know we're staying in our genre we're still like bluesy blues rock you know um i think that that's what it is really i don't even know if it's like you know we keep doing something different every time because there's a lot of stuff that we've actually been talking about like our ep that we did in 2017 and how we're like, there are some sounds on there that we would like to revisit and, you know, make, make them new again. Um, yeah, yeah. The, um, the songs that we write are consciously storyboarded and planned out before we even begin Mm -hmm. to work on the chords and the lyrics, you know, in other words, we'll say, okay, the next album is going to have about 10 songs on it. I want one to be a slow ballad that's in, you know, six, eight meter. And then I want one that's kind of like a seventies power ballad. That's 
piano based and then i want one that's kind of like an upbeat rolling stone sort of song mm -hmm. you know so that's kind of what we do and we kind of list them all out like that yeah and then so we know you know we we aim towards that when we start writing them mm -hmm. lots to unpack there with what you guys just um talked about but the question is really because you guys have been playing so much has it affected you creatively meaning the more you play the tighter you get you know the more comfortable you get with maybe taking chances or going down yeah. a road uh, creatively has that impacted you with with the new music that you've recorded and written oh the, yeah i would say definitely um and that's just something that'll continue i think to happen um we'll continue to get you know, more confident and a little more brazen and, um, you know, just, I, th yeah. I think so. Um, yeah. And especially, um, with band members that stick around, you know, because yeah. if yeah. you have band members leaving all the time, it's hard to really develop yes. a creative direction with them and you don't really ever get tight with them either live or creatively. Mm. But we've had, um, Steve in the band for nearly a year now and see, he plays, keyboards and bass and he works on our creative ideas with us and yeah that that has been a huge addition to what we can do yeah because usually it's just you know me and him um pretty much the whole time until the song is like done <laughs> you know yeah well that was part of the conversation we had last time was hanging on to band members you know i mean and it's mm -hmm. not just urban house i mean it's it's all yeah, over. Yeah. it's it's a it's it's a challenge to to do that especially during a pandemic coming out of a pandemic when you're not playing out a lot um mm -hmm. that has been a huge challenge for a lot of bands yes. what makes the guys you're playing with now so different than what has happened before um, attitude, I guess I would say attitude. Um, and just like understanding. I think that, um, I think that Steve just is like, like he really kind of understands what's going on. And I feel like that's what's missing, you know, from a lot of other musicians. They're like, I don't know, they, they just want to have fun or they just, um, you know, they want to do a certain type of music and you're not feeling fulfilled I or I don't know. <laughs> You know? I think they have misconceptions about what it means to be in a band. Yeah. They probably have this uh, romanticized vision of what it used to be like to be in a band where bands party a lot and travel a lot and they tour a lot and they got plenty of money coming in and it's just, you know, a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Well, these days being in a band is not really like that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you need to stay sober. You're probably not going to play very much because the places that used to book bands 20 years ago are all gone. Yeah. They're closed. <laughs> you know, only about 10% of them are still around booking bands. And mm. if they do book you, they're not going to pay you very much. Yeah. The landscape has changed like completely and not everybody has uh, jumped on board, I think is what it is. They yeah. still don't, you know, they still just kind of don't get it. The majority, and you know, in the way that music is recorded is different. The way music is released is different. The way people listen to music is different. Mm -hmm. And once people join the band, they find out that ninety percent of it is us, like just creating content, yeah, basically office work mm -hmm. and secretarial work and answering emails and doing interviews, which they don't have to do, by the way, because we do that. 
So just saying. Yeah, that's that's ninety <laughs> percent of being in a band, you know, and getting together, practicing, working on songs, and even playing shows. All that stuff added up comes to maybe ten percent of what it means mm-hmm. to be in a band. So they realize that it's it's a lot of work, and most of that work isn't fun. So we don't even involve them with most of it. Yeah, um, it's also a lot of uh, expensive stuff that mm-hmm. uh, we don't really charge them for. So, I mean, but it all has to get done. It all has to get paid for. And it's like, it's a lot like running a business. And that's what people don't understand a lot of times. I think once they realize that, they're like, I don't really want to be in this business. Yeah. So (laughs) most people are like, I didn't sign up to be in a, in a business, you know, or whatever. And, um, but I think that that would be the difference with, with Steve. He gets it. That is the reality. Uh, you know, I, as you know, I, I talk to a lot of new bands. Um, one of my favorite discussions is with Nick Reese from Joyous Wolf talking about how he lives in the grind because you have to. Have to, yeah. And you have to accept it. You know, you yes. have to want to live in that grind, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and you each, you know, every time you live in the grind, this is not him, you know, saying this, but just from what I see is there's steps, right? You live in the grind, you get to one step and you got to live in the, more of a grind, get to the next step. You, like you said, Jason, you know, these, the, 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 the romance of thinking you're in a band and you're this flying on planes and making all this money. Well, first of all, yeah. they, that just didn't happen. Right. right. Like, yeah. you, you just start a band and all of a sudden you have a Learjet and you know you're you're driving around in a ferrari that that like just didn't happen overnight all those bands that have that happened to them did the grind and yes it was just a different grind yeah the grind meant playing as many shows as possible and now it's not even that it's not even that fun it's it's less fun stuff than that Mm -hmm. And you really have to love what you do too, you know, and you know, as you said, there's a lot of things that go into it, social media, uh, administrative stuff, all these things. Mm-hmm. That think of. And, and, and also I think is very important with bands today is finding that, that small group of people that you can surround yourself with outside the band that are supporting you and are helping you move forward, helping you get yes. to those steps, you know, Absolutely. because there's a lot of people that will tell you hundreds of things and, oh, we're going to do this for you. Oh, we'll take care of that on the back end. Well, there is no back end, right? Yeah. So that, that's always, you know, that, the, the back end means you're going to get screwed by us eventually. Yeah, uh, right. We're just, yeah. not, we're just not going to say it to you. But, you know, <laughs> Tuck Smith, who I just interviewed, you know, says TikTok is like the worst thing that's ever happened in the music business. And, and uh-huh. he's like, but you have to do it. Like you have, you have to, to. Like, you have to do yep. this stuff. And, and, you know, the great thing about the new bands, the emerging rock scene, which you guys are a part of is there's a true love for the music, for performing, for mm-hmm. doing what you do. I mean, there's a true dedication to it. There's no fakeness about it because yes. the fake you, it, all the grind does is, is it, is it helps you prepare for when you do become successful, but it also weeds out the fakes, the people that aren't taking this serious. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. Well said. Yeah. As you now have this new album coming out, first of all, when's the new album coming out? <laughs> 
Oh, probably maybe January more. or February, okay. maybe. Okay. Well, that's yeah. right around the corner. It's not too far. Oh, we yeah. got more music coming out before then. So, <laughs> yeah. Three more singles. What's life been like since the album came out? Like, a very um, fantastic album um that really connected with a lot of people and i do see your fan base is growing since then Mm -hmm. what's what's life been like for you guys what's the difference between now and prior to that yeah that's uh that's been really cool for us to even for us to watch ourselves you know um i hope that other people find that cool too um definitely got like a really good reception on into the red and obviously we have a, a soft spot for it too um what's changed i think that we've like we have a greater connection you know with um with our fans with the fan base um and we're also like you know kind of branching out and and embracing some things that we that we need to do which which has been really good like going live you know uh doing things like that we didn't really do much before so i i think you know having having a better fan base since the since the album's release has helped helped us do all that stuff as far as touring goes i know prior to the album you did some southern states like arkansas down there Mm -hmm. louisiana was was another state you went to you know what are some of the markets that you've been able to tackle since into the red came out uh, we haven't really. <laughs> well, in May, we went on a little mini tour to um, Indiana, Ohio, Pennsylvania, uh, Detroit. Yeah, we just um, did like a little mini. So move. we were able to get out that direction a little bit. Um, but yeah, it's uh, the the uh, industry and the market is really changing a lot. Mm-hmm. So it's we're really adapting changing. to that. And it's all happening this year and it's happening really abruptly. Yeah. So that we were supposed to have another tour this month, um, like this weekend, but um, things, everything was just falling through, you know, things just through. weren't working out how they were supposed to. Um, yeah. But we were also kind of focused on like a pretty like heavy release schedule. Right now we have um, four and a half weeks between releases and we have five. So okay. you have two out right now. So we have three more until the end of December. And that means we have to shoot three more music videos in the next four months. Mm-hmm. And we need to, you know, promote the new singles that are coming out three more and get ready for the album release early next year and then have another album material written by then so yeah we, it's, we're, we're very busy for very sure busy. um and you know and if we were touring we wouldn't be able to do any of that stuff and that stuff is you know probably more important than touring for us it is anyway we're very we like to be prolific we like to put out a lot of music and um you know writing songs is one of our favorite things to do so the writing and the recording and releasing so yeah we got to get that done I know touring is a very competitive market now because nobody toured during the pandemic and now everybody's yeah. to tour now. So, right. you know, it's, it's, it's tough, you know, with, for, for some bands, um, you know, even some of the legacy bands who are coming through that aren't getting the crowds that they normally would get just because there's three bands that are came in before them and there's three bands that are coming after and yeah. money only yeah. goes so far these days, you know? So sure. that's one of the, that's one of the big things that I've noticed is just the, 
the amount of shows that are coming through um, because everybody's, you know, we had that fallback late winter, early winter, late, yeah, late 2021 into 2022 with, you know, rising mm-hmm. COVID numbers. So everybody kind of pushed everything back to April and yes. May. And now you've got this, this, this glut of, uh, of bands just on the road everywhere. And there's also a lot of changes too, as well, as, as Jason mentioned, what are some of the things that are impacting you guys? Well, uh, like you mentioned, venues closing, you know, we're at, especially for an independent band, um, at our level, the clubs that we're playing, those are the ones that are going under, you know? Um, so that, and then also, like you said, like there's an oversaturation of, of bands trying to get out there and trying to play and stuff. So if you, if you want to book something up, if you want to book up a tour, you used to be able for us, like our agent used to be able to do that in a couple of months, you know, he could, he could get us a pretty good, pretty good length of one. Now you almost have to like book six months, seven months out. Uh, That's crazy pants. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Not for, I mean, for our level, I feel like that's crazy. It, it costs be like twice that. as much to tour as it did right, a couple years expensive. ago. The price of gas is doubled. The price of hotels yeah, is doubled. More, though. <laughs> the price of food is doubled. And meanwhile, the venues want to pay you half as much. Mm-hmm. So, that's I mean. Fine. That's the grind. I hope you can bring a few <laughs> hundred people to each show and sell them all a t-shirt so you can afford to get to the next city. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, um. You know, I, I was just at a show of a legacy artist two weeks ago, and uh, there was probably it was probably it's an 800 capacity venue. There was probably 125 people there. You know, and someone's uh, been around since the 80s. Um, yeah, late 80s, early 90s, but kind of evolved with it. So it's got some modern stuff that's come out that's been really popular. Yeah, um, not just a nostalgic act. I wouldn't consider the artist in a nostalgic act because it's got some really good modern stuff that's out. That's really connected with people, but just, I think it's, you know, it's the amount of people that are coming through that, yeah. you know, it's, it's tough to, to, um, you know, for, you know, to go to, for me a year ago, two years ago to go to five shows in a month was not that big of a deal. Now it's like, all right. I got a factor of gas. I got a factor, you know, cause, yeah. um, so there's a lot of things to consider. Um, Absolutely. And, and, and getting back to what we talked about, this is, this is what's great about new bands and the emerging bands. Cause there's really is a dedication and love for the music. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think things are, are changing. I think things are better for rock music than it was two years ago or pre pandemic. I mean, I feel like it at some, you know, some point, but I do think, there is, you know, some some growth in terms of fan bases and people yeah. listening to music. So I think that's that's a positive. But I just sometimes think that maybe there's a delay in how bands feel it, you know, once the popularity yeah. increase. So hopefully that'll that'll turn. But um, but getting back to what we talked about or what you mentioned before, Jason, about you know, first you guys kind of storyboard the music that you guys are going to do creatively. What does that mean? Like, how do you guys, what, what, what is, what is that part of the process for you guys? I feel like a lot of times I will hear a song that, um, usually it's an older song that I've, that I've known for a long time and I'll hear a certain part of it and be like, we could write 
something like this in a bourbon house style, you know, and do, do something fun with it. I think that's kind of my process when I, and I'm like, I get to him and I say, I want to write a song kind of like this and this kind of style. So when you guys are are, are thinking visually too, you guys do a lot of videos. Does that visual ever pre, you know, come before writing lyrics, writing a song, you have a visual of something that you're trying to capture? Yeah, sometimes. Sometimes it works like that. Sometimes there's no visual at all and we get down to uh, video time and I'm like, what are we doing for this video? I have no idea. And then I, I talked to our videographer, Jocelyn, our director. She's she's really great with that, with hearing the song and being like, this is what I see. And it's usually something pretty cool. So, <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So let's talk the new music. So Resonate comes out first single since the, well, you guys read some, some singles after the, the album was released, but it's the first new release since the album. Yes. What was, how did the, how did the song come about? You started this one for sure. Mm. <laughs> well, I just wanted to come up with some chord voicings that we hadn't used before. I mean, we've written songs in open G tuning before, but they were always like slide songs and they kind of had that Southern, you know, devil on my heels is one of them. Um, But I wanted to do a song that was not a slide song in open G so that I could use the chord voicings that are commonly heard in the Rolling Stones and um, the Black Crows and other bands like that. So, we wanted to kind of have a hard driving song with just a unique sound. It's like, well, that's mm-hmm. something we haven't done. So let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. We wanted it to sound like Stonesy and, you know, sounding seventies kind of inspired. That's yeah, that's, that's intentional. That might be one of the ways that we write songs more, most commonly either we're writing a song simply because we have never written a song like that before. There's something about it that we haven't done, um, whether it's the tuning mm-hmm. or the genre or whatever. Let's write a song that sounds like Bad Company. Let's write a song that sounds kind of like, I don't know, a hippie acoustic song. You know, we get those ideas. And then sometimes we write a song deliberately to sound like something else that we've done that was... Um, successful yeah we don't want it to sound the same but like to fit into your sound people really like the blues rock sound let's do another one of those but let's make sure it doesn't sound like anything we've done before which gets harder and harder to to create those like the signature blues rock um sound that we have going on those those are definitely getting a little bit harder and harder every time to just stay unique you know we don't want to we don't want to repeat ourselves very much. Yeah. No, I, I, I understand what you're saying, you know, cause there's only a certain amount of chords. There's only a certain amount of notes. And I think what bands do, the, 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 the good bands do is they create a different energy for yeah. the songs, right? You know, like yeah. they, 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 it's okay, the same fine. chords, it's the same stuff, but it's just a different energy. Um, and I think that's where, you know, where the, where the direction a lot of bands go. Um, mm-hmm. But I do remember when you released Resonate, my first reaction was Stones, Crows, Faces, and Ronda Ron thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
And that's what we were going for. So there you go. <laughs> it was, it was like, wow. I mean, that's a really kind of cool thing because, you know, Linda Ronstant was kind of more of that, that, um, lighter side of rock, but then you yeah. kind of bring in the stones and the crows and the faces to kind of have that crunch to kind of have that, that feel that vibe to it. And it was a really kind of interesting approach and interesting combination that you kind of brought together. Thank you. Thanks. That's what we were going for. Yeah. And then how does that relate to the new single that just came out? Does it relate? (laughs) I don't know. That's why I'm asking the questions. I mean, the the opening riff, uh, which appears three times in the song, is actually a riff I wrote nearly 20 years ago. And it's just been sitting around that I thought was pretty cool. And we tried to get it onto the last couple of albums. We just couldn't really work it in. And then finally it came together. We wrote some new parts to go along with it. And we just wanted the song to just be kind of darker. You know, it's got the flat fifth in it and it's in drop D. So we were thinking, okay, it's going to be kind of a grungy Mm -hmm. song. Um, And we just pieced it all together that way with that in mind. Yeah. I wanted to, for the lyrics, I wanted to bring like a horror element to it because I don't know. I think it's pretty obvious that I'm a horror fan and um, yeah, I don't know. I like, I like dark stuff. I wanted to get some darkness in there. (laughs) You know, when you think of these two songs that have come out recently for you and the contrast between them, is that trying to think of the proper way to ask this question. For a new band, for an emerging band that's coming up like Bourbon House, even though you guys have been around for a while and playing out for a mm-hmm. while, um, you're new to a lot of people. When you're when you're trying to evolve to find your sound, mm-hmm. is it still a search for you guys? Have you guys found it? Or is these, you know, like we talk about these contrasts, is there still kind of like finding your way, finding what you're comfortable with? Or is it more like, hey, we can we we don't want to put any boundaries on anything. Yeah, it's uh, it's more of an ex an uh, exploration. Yeah, um, there's, I would say. Yeah, we don't. I don't think that we have a sound, and I don't strive to find a song, a sound, or find ourselves. You know, if you listen to the catalog from the Beatles and Led Zeppelin, they explored like twenty genres. You know, but it always sounded like that. Sometimes more than one genre within the song. But what kept everything cohesive was the same band members doing the same thing in their own way. You know, so no matter what Zeppelin did, even if they did try to write a reggae song, it still sounded like Zeppelin. You know what I'm saying? So I don't really worry about trying to find a sound or carve out a song. Um, like the next single was inspired by the Janis Joplin acoustic songs and the single after that was inspired by Otis Redding and the single after that is inspired by like I don't know what a jailhouse that one I don't know <laughs> like an old uh, yeah. 40s style blues song mm-hmm. um, like maybe Muddy Waters or something so we all all of these singles that are coming out this year are very different from each other yeah it's kind of you know kind of showing our uh songwriting kind of bag of tricks i don't know in my mind that should be the mystique that attracts people to the band 
the fact that we could do anything, we can explore every every genre. I mean, everybody in the band likes almost every genre of music, so um, I don't feel like there's any limit to what we can do. Yeah. We obviously do have, you know, uh, more of the blues, blues rap on there, though, as well. Um, the rest, actually, probably the rest of the songs that we're not releasing as singles are more in our signature, our more signature sound um, after these releases. But create, you know, when you're creating and you're bringing in different influences and you're you're going from Otis Redding, to, you know, Janis Joplin to Otis, Otis Redding and wherever it goes is, is there a sense sometimes of, well, maybe, you know, we're way out of our element or is that what is part of the journey for you guys is kind of going and going and maybe not coming back, maybe just kind of exploring what you need to do. Yeah, exactly that. Cause it's not, it's not the goal for us to imitate, you know, um, when we're, you know, being inspired and being like, we want to write, uh, me and Bobby Mickey kind of song. Um, it's not our intention at all to, to imitate that song or to imitate her sound really. Um, it's, it's the, the vibe and the feeling, you know, really that we're going for. So yeah, it's all an exploration. Yeah. And I think that's why we don't feel out of our element. We yeah. might be aiming towards, you know, an Otis Redding song, but I don't feel like I need to imitate him. It doesn't need to sound like an Otis Redding song when it's done. I still, I still expect it to sound like Bourbon House when it's done. And most people aren't even going to know what inspired it. They're mm-hmm. just going to say, oh, this here's something different that Bourbon House has never done. But they don't know that we were listening to Otis Redding mm-hmm. for months before we wrote the song. And we were actually trying to write a song inspired by him. Mm-hmm. Are you still being influenced? I mean, you know, are you still evolving as musicians? Absolutely. Yeah, I think we All always the time, are. Yeah. yeah. All the time. And how do you keep that evolution going? Um, I do it by going back and finding things that I haven't heard before. You know, and I think any of us could do this, no matter how much of a music lover you are. You could probably go back and find a Queen album that you've never listened right. to from top to bottom or a Rolling Stones album you never listened to from top to bottom. What about Nazareth or, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? There's dozens of bands. Have you ever listened? Have you listened to every single Guess Who album? Have you listened to every single Bachman Turner Overdrive album? There's tons of stuff out there by bands that you like that you're not familiar with yet. So there's always more things to explore because there was just so much great music made from, you know, from from Elvis to Iron Maiden just during that time period from like 55 to say 85, you know, it's 30 years of awesome music, you know, and I guarantee you're not familiar with every single album made in those 30 years. So that's what I do. I go back and I explore things. I'll go listen to an old Rod Stewart album from the, you know, mid seventies or something and think, man, I really like him. And I like a lot of his songs. I'm surprised I've never listened to this album before, but then you hear things that you never heard before. But you may not know that mm-hmm. you wrote a song in a certain style or genre. You find surprising things all the time. Yeah. I think new bands too. 
um, especially bands in like in different genres, you know, if it's like a, you know, like Billie Eilish or something, that's, that's kind of inspiring to me too, because you can, you can flip that, you know, and you can make it your own and. Yeah. Yeah. We're always on the lookout for new bands that we like. Yeah. You know, but you were just saying, Jason, recently I kind of started exploring old humble pie stuff that I kind of knew some of the songs on the surface that they didn't have a lot of popular songs, but you know, there were some well-known songs they had, like, I don't need no doctor and other stuff, uh, 30 days in the hole. And just hearing Steve Marriott and, you know, when Peter Frampton was in the band, I mean, that band just, just kicked ass. Oh, they were great. Yeah. They should have stayed together. (laughs) Yeah, no. And, and Steve Marriott's voice, um, just has that growl to it, you know, and and the range on it and, you know, revisiting them and kind of diving deep. Like you said, you know, you find stuff that you never heard before you weren't aware of and even stuff that, you know, you listened to before, like you listened to an album, maybe you skipped the song because at the time you didn't really feel it, you know, but as you evolve, right, you come back to that song and it has a whole different, type of feel to it and you're like wow this is a really good song i can't believe i never really sat down and listened to this like the other songs on the album so yeah i mean the greatest music and people say it stands the test of time and that's true but the greatest music keeps evolving as you keep evolving and that's really what um, is interesting part of it so yeah but what about like other genres like you know you know diving you mentioned like an old you know, style blues song or Otis Redding. I mean, how much is that part of your repertoire when you're listening to music? Um, oh, it's it's in there a lot. I would say I listen to a lot of, um, mm-hmm. you know, I listen to a lot of Etta James and um, Otis Redding, like you said, Muddy Waters. I listen to a lot of that stuff. Um, and then I'll also listen to some more like modern, you know, modern blues, some Beth Hart or something. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I kind of listen to everything. As you move forward now, you know, with the three new singles coming out and then shortly thereafter with, you know, with the album, um, what excites you about the new stuff? I mean, obviously everything new is there's an excitement to it. There's a, you know, the, you want to get out and you want to promote it. But, you know, looking back in, in, in your growth from the last album into the red to now, what is the thing that like you're most excited for your fans and people to hear? I I would just say our versatility. Um, yeah. I don't know if you yeah. Like I said, I, I mentioned this before, but I think what I want people to eventually understand is that we're not any certain type of band. We're just a band that can tries to write great songs and we explore a lot of different genres. I'm actually maybe most excited for this next next single that's yeah. going to be coming out because it's a departure from anything we've done. And um, it's just going to be another fun song, maybe a sing-along song. I think it's kind of impressive uh, musically. And I think it's going to surprise a lot of people. I think it's going to be a lot of, for a lot of people, it will be their favorite song of ours. And moving forward, you know, with, with the the state of things right now with, like we talked about with touring and talked about with music. Um, mm-hmm. You know, how do you, you know, 
when you guys get up every day and you guys are running this band, running this business, you know, mm-hmm. how do you navigate through this? Is this something that it's learn as you go? Is it pulling people from, you know, pulling information from other people and getting help from other people? Like what, how do you navigate mm-hmm. this crazy world that is being an emerging rock band? Yeah, it's a little bit of all of that. Um, and, you know, we have had some help, but that's uh, like recent, you know, that that's fairly recent. It's um, probably bef- just before Into the Red was released is when we started like actually, I feel like getting some really good advice and um, a little bit of actual insider knowledge. Because before that, and even now, there's a lot of trial and error, you know, mm-hmm. um, you can Google you can Google the shit out of one topic and get different information from who are these people? Like, I don't even know who these people are who are saying like, this is what you need to do to get fans or like, whatever. Who are you? I don't, you're not hearing it from people who have fans. So who are these people? I don't know. Um, yeah. but you have to take it at face value. Sometimes you have to be like, I guess I'll try. Cause like, gotta try something. In any business, there's a lot of trial and error. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of time lost and money lost. Yeah. Every time you go down a wrong road a little ways, um, I guess the trick is to realize when something isn't working and then backtrack, regroup, rethink, mm-hmm. rebuild, and get back doing things that are um, profitable or things that make sense that are good mm-hmm. for your business. Um, so, yeah, we've gone down a lot of wrong roads We've yeah. thrown away a lot of money and a lot of and time. Taking advantage of, you know, that's <laughs> there's also like a lot of sharky people out there who are who are preying on the independent band. Um, you know, so we've you know we've fallen victim to a, a few things, but um, you know, you climb back out. <laughs> yeah, no, I um, I as you can imagine, I hear a lot of stories. Yeah. Um, and when I hear another band working with like, the same entity, you know, I'm just like, Ooh, yeah, don't do that. I know. You're like, <laughs> don't, don't, don't do it. Yeah. yeah I know. Yeah, you know, or, or I just know eventually they're going to get screwed. Um, just because that's just how some people are. And it's tough. You know, you mentioned Lacey about how people tell you how to get fans and how to do all this stuff. And, mm. um, you know, they're just like these marketing entities that, have inflated numbers themselves, right? You know, yes. because if, because if if there was a service out there that helped you do all that stuff, bands would be like telling other bands, like, dude, you got to do this, you got to do that. Exactly, right? exactly. You know? And and the other thing is too with rock, I don't think rock really conforms to anything else, right? I mean, I've had this conversation numerous amount of times about the algorithm, right? How management companies, record labels all want to see what the algorithm is. I want to see how a band's music fits in the algorithm. Well, that's great for pop music. That's great yes. for rap music, right? Because they're the two most popular genres that are out there. So it's easy to gather all that information. Where I think is with rock, the algorithm goes out the window, right? Because yes. I don't think rock bands really give a shit about the algorithm. They always want to hear something that's good. They yeah. want to hear something that connects with them. They don't want to hear, they don't want to be spoon-fed what sounds like everything else they just listen to because a common thing with rock fans is like, Oh, this band sounds too much like this. It sounds too much like that. We don't want that. 
We don't want the, the earworms that sound exactly like the 10 songs we just heard. So, exactly. you know, I just mentioned in this review I did with Thunder Mother, who opened up for Scorpions. Ooh. Scorpions, yeah. kudos to them, is one of the only legacy bands that actually brought out a band because the music's good. Not because some nice. algorithm is telling them to take out the band. How right? do we get a hold of Scorpions? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they got a sweet deal. They got on a sweet tour That's over awesome. there. It's, yeah. You know, that European leg over there. Good for them. They're great. We've actually been streaming uh, Thunder Mother quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and White Snake pulls out of the tour because everybody yep. else got some health issues. Yep. And rather than add another band, because I just saw the show last week, they gave Thunder Mother an hour set. You know, and that's awesome. like, it's like, I mean, like, you can't underestimate what that says about the band Scorpions, whether you like them or not. Absolutely. You know? Because. There's I do wish that. that more were doing that. Absolutely. Exactly. And that was yeah. my next point, because you do see some bands taking out these packages, right? You know, like I mentioned Judas Priest in the conversations. I love Judas Priest. love everything about him. But when they brought out Uriah Heep with them three years ago, Uriah Heep's not going to move the needle for Judas Priest. No one's going to say, well, I was going to go see Priest, but now that Uriah Heep's opening up for him, I'm definitely going to go. No one's going to say that. Very few will say that. I should. So when you see these packages and you see the lack of bands taking out these new emerging bands, it is disappointing, you know, because they're being told by their management companies, oh, this uh, this band is doing this many streams and this band. And some of these streams are inflated, too. Some of these bands have these programs that inflate their streams. Um, And hey, you know, that's what you need to do, I guess. You know, that's the little world we live in. But when you hear something good, I mean, there's another band that's a legacy band that I'm sure everyone will know who I'm talking about. Instead of bringing out a band because they don't want to pay the new band, they bring out a painter with them, right? Mm-hmm. Painter. Like band, like fans that go to a rock show want to sit for 45 minutes and watch someone paint <laughs> on stage. That's what, that's what we want to do. So. You know, it's disappointing that more legacy artists don't do that. And I was really happy to see Scorpions finally be the band that like, hey, these guys are good. We like them. We're going to bring them out. I don't care what your algorithm says, how many streams they have or whatever. We're going to take them out. Mm -hmm. And I I really wish a lot of new bands or a lot of legacy bands would do that because Mm -hmm. they they all had that happen to them back in the 70s and 80s. There was no algorithms back then. There was no computer program. So that's my rant. That's like been my, I get so fired up when I, when I see that, stuff, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. But also too, I mean, I know you guys are, well, you guys, I saw you at a small club in Joliet. Yeah. Um, God, about a year ago, maybe a little under a year. Um, yep. And you guys have, you know, the, the are, are willing to do that grind, play anywhere, play for wh- whoever. Um I know there's there's some artists that are coming through that are just playing like places like that throughout the country, just getting their name out. And I guess, you know, for them, that's good. But um, when you have that willingness to play wherever, people will start to connect. People will start to resonate, I believe. Right. Yeah. You know? what, what what's your, you know, with this album, with what's happening you know, what are you, what are your plans for afterwards? I mean, I know you mentioned like six, seven months to actually book a tour. Is that still being talked about, negotiated? And mm-hmm. 
when will you know if if, if that's actually going to happen? Uh, that I don't know when we will know. Um, we're we're working on some stuff for for twenty twenty three. Um, we're you know we're gonna try to get out there. It might be a different in a different way. It might be with you know with a support slot or something. Um, I think that that's probably ideal for us right now. Um, instead of doing you know another small club headlining tour with these clubs that are canceling and and uh, closing their doors and you know whatever so um it's probably going to look more like a supporting um a lot of supporting tours and festivals and stuff well i love the new music big fan of you guys i can't wait to hear more i can't wait to hear these singles i mean what you, it's what you said basically i'm really excited about and stoked for and the new album and if it's as good as Into the Red, you know, great things I think will happen. And I guess, you know, the next step will be reached and, you know, mm-hmm. continuing to move forward. So thank you guys for doing this. I do appreciate it. Yes. Thank you always. It's always nice talking to you. Yep. Absolutely. Would you come to Chicago anytime soon? We were supposed to be in Chicago actually next weekend. That was one of the cancellations. That was one of the- <laughs> yeah. What place? Actually, no, that was the one show that was still there. And we were just like, we're not going to go to Chicago just for one show. Yeah, we couldn't keep just that one. Um, it was Livewire Lounge. Livewire Lounge. Is that the one? That's Is that in the city or is that in McHenry? No idea. Okay. Never been there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's well, another, you know, like we're pretty untapped in a lot of these markets. You know, we've had um, so many lineup problems. Um so there's a lot of, you know, we've played a lot around like here, like in mm-hmm. Wisconsin, um, but even Midwest wise, yeah. you know, we're it's pretty untapped by us for sure. I know like there's, there's a band, I don't know if you're familiar with the Black Moods, but yeah, we're opening for them in, um, in two weeks, in two weeks. Yeah. Where at? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, at the, the back bar in Janesville. Awesome. Cause that's the night after they're playing around here. Yes. And we actually may go to that show we, uh, up in Janesville. Yeah, we'd love so, to see you. Yeah. Do they, it. They, what's that? Do it. Come we might Janesville. do it. We might because, well, because the 23rd <laughs> is the show around here. And then if we go to the one on the 24th and then the 26th, I'm going to see Gaslight Anthem. So it's like, again, you know, it's like three shows. But Janesville is not too far. If you just head down 90, it's right yeah. at, right over the border. Yeah. Um, do you know if that's an all ages show or is that over twenty one? Do you know? Over twenty. That's an over twenty one. Okay. Um, what else was I going to say? Yeah, but they but they have played like I don't know how many shows in Wisconsin over the last like three four months. I was I was on, I was I was texting with Josh the singer, and I'm like, just so you know, anywhere you're at in Wisconsin, you're five minutes from cheese and beer at all times. So yep. he's like, yeah, totally. <laughs> so, but I mean, they, they played Madison this past weekend. They played Kenosha at some, at some uh, microbrewery or something like that. Um, right over the border. They're, they're, I mean, they're playing a lot um, in Wisconsin. So they're really, you know, kind of going into an untapped market because they're from Arizona. Yeah. So I'm glad you guys are open up. That, that make, gives me more incentive to like want to go to this show now. Yeah, it works. But it. We wanted to see them um, and naked gypsy queens too. They look, they seem cool. Um, look forward to that. Bill too. Yes, it is. Oh, believe even more. 
Wow. That's a great <laughs> bill. That's a great bill. So yeah. I think I may, uh, I think I may be going up to that. So, um, <laughs> well, well, Hey guys, thanks again for doing this. I appreciate it. Yes. Thank you again. Thank you. Everyone check out the new bourbon house singles, wherever you stream resonate and out for blood available everywhere. Look for more new music. Look for the new album after the first of the year. One of the great emerging rock bands that I do enjoy having on the show and also listening to the music. So give them a listen. Give the songs a listen. You will be impressed. I'm Jay Scott. This is the Hook Rocks, Ultimate Rock Game Podcast. Take care of each other. We'll talk soon. Thanks. Smiling, silent woman. She don't need no more friends. She's going to the valley with a pistol. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.